You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Championship Sunday edition of The Drive on 98.7. 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Well, decisions, decisions, decisions. Patrick Mahomes whom you didn't think was going to be able to run and move around the pocket because of the ankle. On the last play, extends the play, runs for the first down, and a Cincinnati defender in just trying to get to him, doesn't realize, loses track of where he is, pushes Mahomes after he's already out of bounds, And then he hurts himself. And now not only does Kansas City get the first down, but with the unsportsmanlike conduct added on, makes it an easy field goal for Kansas City, who now leads 23-20. And it's, I mean, it's about decisions. It's about knowing where you are on the field. It's about, um, you know, it's about making the right play, even in the emotional heat of battle. And so Kansas City advances. And if you're that defender, you're just shaking your head. Because you're trying to, you're trying to, Make a play. Okay, all you know is that the quarterback, I got to get to him. He's running. I got to try to stop him. But you always have to. And it's easy for me to sit here watching it on TV, right? <laughs> and and start to admonish the mistake, okay? Like he doesn't already know. But it's just a matter of him. He's like on the sideline. Everybody's trying to console him. But it's just, it, it's, it's, Every single play, okay, every single play means something when you, get to this, when you get to this time of the season. When you're talking about championships, you're talking about playoffs, you're talking about this, every single thing matters. Every single play matters. And listen, he's not the reason, he's not the reason why they lost, Okay. He's not the reason why they lost. They lost by turning the football over. They lost on a couple of other plays where they could have scored. But Osai right now is just, and the cameras are loving him because he is, while there's celebration on the field, he is off to the side, sitting on the bench and by himself, just devastated. Devastated because of the play that, of the decision he made. Now I don't know whether they would have won or lost in overtime, or the game would have gone to overtime, or whatever. You never, you never know. But it's it's once again it's Patrick Mahomes, who, at the last second, trying to make a play, and extending the play with his feet, and his legs, and 
you know, that's what he does. And listen, I was torn in this game as to, you know, who was going to win this game because they're both evenly matched. They're both very talented teams. They both can score points. They both have great quarterback play. And I got to tell you, I was leaning towards Cincinnati. But it's it's really, it's just, it's so hard. It's so hard for you to be the team four straight times. And I think... I think that's that's the that's the thing that made the difference here. And give Steve Spagnolo some credit because he made some adjustments to how he made it a little more difficult for Cincinnati to find a way to get into the end zone to score. Um he made it difficult. He changed up some things. Okay, he did. So Congratulations to Kansas City. They move on 23-20. And uh, listen, you know that Patrick Mahomes is going to soak that ankle (laughs) and enjoy the fact that, uh, you know, he's got a couple of weeks off uh, before they play the Super Bowl. And obviously, you've got the Kelsey brothers against each other. You got the center, you know, um, for the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, the tight end for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and so that's that's going to be that's going to be interesting. When you look and you start to just kind of look ahead a little bit, and you know what um, Philadelphia can do, and you know how potent their offense is, and you know how tough their defense is, and you know their offense is pretty good, and their receivers are good, and Jalen Hurts. And his shoulder, you know, both quarterbacks are not going to be 100%. They'll be better with the two weeks off. They're not going to be 100%. You know, I I think you lean a little bit towards Kansas City early. I do. I mean, Philly is, listen, no disrespect to Philadelphia. They're a great team. But I think it's going to be, should be a good game. It should be a good game. Uh, my early leanings would be towards Kansas City. I haven't done any work on it, obviously. It just happened. I haven't thought about it. I haven't really, you know, done the matchups of the defense and defense and offense and offense and position by position, which we will, you know, begin to analyze and, and, and to the fact that you will wish that the game was tomorrow because of all the talking and all the analysis that we're going to have over this, over the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, Hertz and Mahomes are similar in the sense that they can move the ball with their feet, figuring that Mahomes will be, you know, two weeks closer to him being normal. They both can extend the play. They both can pass the ball extremely well. They both have really good offense. Both teams have really good offensive lines. I think defensively, the defensive line, I would give a slight edge to Philly. But I think quarterbacking and receiving – I got to give a slight edge to uh, Patrick Mahomes. So I think that, uh, you know, that's why I'm off the top of my head, I would say that, uh, you know, Kansas City would be my team that I think will, you know, win the Super Bowl. What do you say? We'll get your thoughts. 1-800-919-3776. Your thoughts on the drive. Who wins now? What was your thoughts on the Kansas City uh, Cincinnati game? What were your thoughts on the Philadelphia 
San Francisco game. I know some San Francisco 49er fans very, very distraught, devastated. But listen, it's, that's why players don't admit it. But there's a lot of luck that goes into success into a season, right? A lot of luck. There's no way that you would have expected with, after having lost two quarterbacks all, already during the regular season and getting into the postseason with the great run that Brock Purdy had given this 49ers team. There's no way you would have thought that he would get hurt and then Josh Johnson would come in and he would get hurt. And then you have to go back to Brock Purdy and he couldn't throw the football because of his injury. Luck is part of the deal for winning in sports. We'll come back and talk to you next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We now know who will be in Super Bowl 57. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's break it down with NFL veteran Jay Bromley, who joins us on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Jay, what's going on? Hey, Larry, thank you for having me, man. We're just finishing up watching this amazing game, man, coming down to the wire. So, man, Kansas City did it again. They did it again. Jay, just give me your overall thoughts on uh, this game first, and then we'll go to the um, we'll go to the earlier game. This game was obviously hyped up about you know Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes and seeing how Patrick Mahomes can kind of get over the hump of Joe Burrow and, and Joe Burr just getting getting the job done in the postseason. So a lot was hyped up about that, and both quarterbacks relatively came to play. Joe Burrow really didn't have as much success, and trap and um. Patrick Mahomes, really, he did a great job of just controlling the game and really over 300 yards passed and a couple touchdowns, really holding on to the ball with no turnovers, all on one leg pretty much, right? So it really came down to the defenses. You know, Kansas City did a great job of not letting the explosive plays happen. Everything happening underneath for the most part and controlling the run game, only running for about 70 yards in the night. So really seeing seeing. Steve Spagnola really focused on not giving up the big play, and that really showed itself in this game. Now, you had the pleasure of working under Steve Spagnola with the Giants and with a couple of other stops that you had in the NFL. Did the game plan look familiar to you when you saw what he was able to do this time? Because it was totally, not totally, but it was a little different than their last meeting where he seemed to be, which was un-Steve Spagnolo, like he seemed to be a little... You know, not as aggressive as you normally used to seeing him. Right, conservative, right? We would call mm-hmm. that conservative. We would say, hey, man, you, you think this guy is so good, so you try to play coverages, you try to hope your front four can get to him. But when Steve Spagnuolo starts playing like that, he's not himself. It's kind of like somebody that really does well throwing the ball, starting to run the ball more often. It's like, now stick to your guns, and that's what will bring you the success that you've had. And when he blitzes, he's dynamic in it, right? So making the quarterback throw the ball sooner than he needs to. And then obviously Chris Jones tonight having two, this only two sacks of his postseason career coming out there, really adding some pressure to Joe Burrow and helping those timings get thrown off. Now, Jay, let's go a little football on folks. Take me through the scheme of when you mentioned Chris Jones, because there were things that they were able to do last week. You saw they they lined him up wide, so he had a better angle to get to the quarterback. This week they did something a little different. Take me through the scheme. What what was the what was the game plan for him to put pressure on Burrow this week? I think just changing up his alignments, changing up his alignments, getting him on 
potentially maybe weaker people that they might have perceived and getting him in spaces where he does well. Um, he, he wrestles well from his, the left side or his right hand down. So a lot of times his sacks will come from those places. So put him out there like the last sack he got to help end the game, put him out there on the tackles, putting him one-on-one when them tackles aren't used to those 300-plus pound bodies coming right at him and kind of anticipating that bull rush and then him doing a great job of using his hand. So Steve Spagnuolo is, you know, notorious for having pass rushes in the past with the Giants and teams like that and allowing to move them around to put them on weak links. Like you identify, you don't want good on good going all the time because if good on good is going, maybe you win 50% of the time. But if you get good on okay, you can win 75% of the time. And identifying those matchups and exploiting them is something that Steve likes to do. Now, Jay, on the other side, uh, Cincinnati. Did, I thought Cincinnati did a really good job, especially in the second half, of really slowing down the Kansas City offense. What were some of the things you saw they did in the second half that they didn't do in the first half? Figuring out how to control the game, control the line of scrimmage. Not The run game is always something that is a prerequisite for you to pass the ball well. A lot of times the play action really opened up those deep lanes down, down the field. So not really allowing that to really get going too much with the really versatile backs that Kansas City has. And that's kind of been the Bengals all year, really just playing really stout run game. They got some really good guys up front and filling those holes and really just trying to keep everything in front of them as well, not giving up the major big play, not letting Travis Kelsey go crazy. So really clogging the throwing lanes and really just making the field shorter, making it feel shorter than what it is. Uh, Jay, take me through the mind of Joseph Asai, right? Um, you saw him inconsolable on the sideline. And I, my comment was, you have to be able to, as a player, to know where you are on the field at all plays, all the time. And I get that you're looking at the quarterback. You're coming from your linebacker position. You're trying to stop him. You don't want him to get the first down. You want him to get him out of bounds, but you have to know where you are. And so it was not only did Mahomes get the first down, but the late hit out of bounds put them right in field goal range that off that really led them to win the game. So what is Osai seeing? Take me through his mind from you as being a defensive player. From what he has on the field, he knows that every yard matters. He knows that they need a field goal to win the game. He knows that every yard matters. So when he's in coverage and then Mahomes breaks the pocket, he's like, okay, I'm going to create an angle. I'm going to try to beat him to this angle and not let him gain additional yardage. Unfortunately, he was a half a step, two steps behind. And then when he extended his arms and he pushed him down, it was a no-go. So unfortunately, he was, he was just really too overzealous. Is it, a, is, it a, is it inexcusable? Yes, it's inexcusable. You've got to know where you are on the field. You have to understand who you're hitting. Right, Patrick Mahomes, number one quarterback in the game. You can't touch him without getting the flag. So you have to know these things. So I think it's inexcusable. Obviously, he showed that emotion on the sideline, feeling like, and honestly, he did. That 50-yard field goal versus that 30-some yard field goal—that's a major difference in a game like this with the pressure on the line. So it, it's it's just a really difficult spot to be in. I understand where he is emotionally. I don't I don't envy him emotionally, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a sucky place to be. Jay Bromley is my guest. We're analyzing Championship Sunday in the National Football League. This is The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Jay, take me through the first game. Take me through San Francisco and Philadelphia. And, I mean, what a tough break for for San Francisco to lose their third-string quarterback, their fourth-string quarterback, and then go back to their third-string quarterback who can't throw. 
Yeah, that was a that was a very interesting game. Um, it really came down to the injury, right? Obviously, Purdy was doing an amazing job for, for the 49ers throughout the course of the season, really showing a great amount what coaching can do for a player with, with, with Shanahan and throughout the course of the season with the offense, the dynamic players that they have. But, man, that injury in the first half, it really set the pace for the rest of the game. And once they did that, they couldn't run the ball effectively. So now you're going against the number one defense in the league and you're handicapped. And, and shout out to Josh Johnson. I played with Josh Johnson, a heck of a teammate. But then he comes in there, tries to get something started. Then he goes out with a bit of an injury. And now you bring back Purdy and you're still one dimension. This game needed to be four down territory, throwing the ball, um, spread formation since the second half started. Right? And they didn't, they weren't able to do that. They weren't built like that to sustain that kind of offense, especially barring injury to Purdy and Josh Johnson. So it was a very difficult game from their perspective because the truth is, other than, you know, giving up a good amount of plays in the run game as far as the 49ers defense, they, uh, the quarterback was unimpressive. Hertz was unimpressive throwing the ball. He was very unimpressive throwing the ball. So, therefore, that, that showed that they could, if they, they didn't have any offense to help their team. So it really was a handicapped game from the second quarter on. Talk to me about Philadelphia's defense. Why is it so good? It's a mixture of you got dynamic pass rushers. You have you have number seven. You have Sweat. You have you have at least four to five, six first round picks all on the defensive line, and some Hall of Famers actually. Okay, so the fact of the matter is they are stacked up front, and that just makes them impossible to block because your twos and your threes are coming in fresh and they're all all can go at dynamic levels and your secondary can match up with anybody in the league your safeties run well with tight ends and running backs they really have it all in all three phases the reality of it is and then once they get a lead on somebody it's it's almost impossible to to bridge that gap so this was just their their defense is dynamic from the front four to the the back seven so it's, it's really just a dynamic defense to watch all right, so now we know who's there. My, my thought process early, uh, Jay, without doing, you know, waiting to get through everybody trying to figure out and breaking it down because we're going to break down the brothers in the Super Bowl, Andy Reid going back against Philadelphia. I mean, there's going to be so many different storylines. Uh, on the field, take me, compare both sides of the ball. Give me uh, Philadelphia's offense against Casey's defense, then give me Casey's offense against Philly's defense. I believe that Philadelphia's, Philadelphia's offense versus Kansas City defense, we go back to what we talked about earlier, right, with Steve Spagnuolo and his ability to blitz, disguising blitzes and really putting Hurts to the test of being a thrower first and kind of making sure, getting them out of that zone read early. I know things we would do in the past was in the first quarter, when you see that mesh, hit the quarterback no matter what. Because if you get in his head and you hit him no matter what, it changes how he goes about the game, deciding whether he's going to play around and take that ball or not. To really make him one-dimensional and saying to himself, man, if I'm going to throw this game, I need to get this ball up. So I, I think that that offense will have to adjust to that physicality, which, man, it's the last game of the season. All the marbles are out. We got to we got to take away what they do best. It's really in that disguising things and that's that the, 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 the formations and all those things that come into play. So I think that's going to be dynamic when it comes to Kansas City and what these Spagnuolo is able to do. But obviously – Philadelphia has the big-time receivers. They have 
the, all the Batmans you can ask for. They got skinny Batman, big Batman, buff Batman. They got all the kind of Batmans you can ask for. And they're just hoping that Hertz can be Robin or the butler and get it to him, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So I think that's going to be fantastic to watch. As far as Kansas City's offense and Philadelphia's defense, it's going to come down to protection. The Hog Molly's up front. we got to figure out a way to protect against these onslaught of pass rushes that Philly has. And therefore, Patrick Mahomes gets another couple weeks to rest his ankle. So he'll be close to, you know, as much 100% as possible for this game. And that's a dynamic Patrick Mahomes. We've seen what he can do on one leg. So, and obviously, hopefully his receivers get healthy and he can get some more weapons out there. So I think I would give the edge overall to Philly, Philadelphia's defense, just top to bottom with health involved and everything. But when you got 15 back there slinging that rock and Andy Reid calling the plays, there's really that bring, that's the game changer right there. Yeah, it should be a good one, my friend. It should be a good one. We'll talk to you before the Super Bowl and get your thoughts. Jay Bromley, thanks for a couple of minutes. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate you. All right, we'll talk soon. Jay Bromley, breaking it down for you. All right, let's hear what you have to say. Early, just we won't hold you to it, but just your early your early thought process. Kansas City or Philadelphia? We'll get your thoughts next. You're listening to The ESPN. Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, good, uh, good evening. Sorry, good evening, Larry. You hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you fine. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not in a real good mood to, with what's going on in the world, but I think I owe you as a dear friend to make a comment on the game. Some things are more important than sports, but this is a sports show and you're my friend. Yeah, it's been a rough weekend since Friday. But anyway, um, uh, look, both quarterbacks shined. Uh, you, you know, you, you made a remark. And I always try to find something funny, especially when, you know, your mood's not right through the outside world. I got to tell you something. The, the pass, uh, I'm, I'm so bad with the names now. Uh, what's his name? Cincinnati quarterback. Joe Burrow. Yeah. He, Burrow made a pass on third and whatever, you know, put it right in there. Mahone finds something. He pulls it out of his rear end. He's got the guts. Uh, uh, I mean, he's just as unique as they come. It was tough for someone to lose that game. Now, the yeah. early turnovers, uh, this guy, this guy yeah, Kelsey's he's ridiculous. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He's always open. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how much it'll take out of him. they got two weeks to rest and being a giant uh, guy, the most part of football. Uh, it's hard to pull for Philly, but the Philly quarterback, Philly line is much better. They're better in the trenches than any teams left. But we definitely saw the two best quarterbacks perform at a high level today in the cold. And uh, I just wanted to make sure I called in and get you some feedback. And hang in there, everyone that's listening. Let's get better fast. All right, Spike. Thanks for your thoughts. 1-800-919-3776. Dan's in the story. Dan, you are next on 98.7. I'm totally confused on what's going on in sports these days. I saw the Lakers game last night. I saw a foul at the end of the game. It's not called. The referees are not punished. Today, I just saw a game where, I, can someone explain to me how many penalties were thrown on, on the Cincinnati in the fourth quarter? And there was one play in the fourth quarter I still haven't been explained to. Was there a play where since Kansas City got an extra play for crowd noise or something? They're the home team. Yeah, I mean, apparently, apparently, Dan, I'm, and I'm thanks confused. for the phone call. Apparently, Dan, what happened was, and this is what we're trying to figure out as well, but apparently the referee had a, one of the officials had originally blown the play dead because 
for some reason, he blew the play dead. And they, they didn't hear his whistle, so they continued on to play. And that's what gave them, so they gave them another set of downs. Uh, the officiating, and I mentioned it earlier, has not been the greatest in, in, in a lot of sports. Basketball, you, you, you referenced the Laker game. Uh, they were in the earlier game today. There was a you know an unsportsmanlike penalty for punching a football. <laughs> I mean, there's been there, there's been some struggles, okay. There's been some struggles. Um, Cincinnati though, you know some of the plays, uh, you see them rapid. See the biggest problem I think is that officials, the calls vary from official official group to official group. Okay, so I think that's what really drives you nuts. There's some officials that call plays close. There's other ones that let them play a little bit. So there's no continuity from one one officiating crew to another officiating crew to another officiating crew. It's the same way in the NBA. There's no uh, there's no consistency with that. And so what you saw here was a situation where they called it close, and so there was some grabbing. You know, I saw Kansas City got held, got called for a couple of holdings, you know, reaching around for Cincinnati. So, you know, some some officiating crews let some more stuff go. Uh, this officiating crew did not. They called it very, very close. And listen, when they called it close, like it's up to the players to make the adjustment. You got to make the adjustments. Got to make them. When guys call, when you see how the game is being called, you got you to gotta try to do a better job at making the adjustments. But uh, you're right, and officials they're graded. Now it doesn't you're not they're not penalized right on set, <laughs> right right at the moment, but they're all graded after each each play, and sometimes some officiating groups, and it's not usually it's not the same group that they work together during the regular season. They'll pick different people from different uh, other crews and bring them together. So normally what happens in a situation like that is next season, certain people will not be in the Super Bowl, will not be in the officiating crew come the playoff time. Doesn't help you when you lose. <laughs> doesn't help you when they made a bad call. That doesn't help you at all, but that's normally how they work it. Uh, James is in Jersey. James, you're next on 98.7. Larry, 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 I wanted to call you for like four years, and I just I can't wait. It's just too long, but this time I got through right away, and I'm pumping I'm glad you waited. Thanks for the phone call. What can I do for you, James? Um, you know, I'm not going to get into every call with the refing and the, the Kansas City had the upper hand and all that stuff. I mean, but did you see? You saw that pass interference called. It was a it was a pass interference called on the on the Bengals. It was the worst call I've ever seen. There was not there was no contact. There was nothing there. Um, the ball was thrown on the left side. It was I can't remember what the receiver was right now. I can't remember. But it was a blown call, and then mm-hmm. they got to make a rule. They got to make a rule for he didn't try to do it because at the end of the game when he pushed him out of bounds, he wasn't trying to do it. He couldn't stop. They got to make a rule for that. Well, see, here's the problem, James. Um, he's got to if he can't if, if he can't stop to go out of bounds. And thanks for the phone call. Then he's got to turn his body and go a different way. Okay, he can't hit the quarterback. He's already out of bounds. He knows where he is. See, that's the situation. You're telling me he can't stop? I get it. Maybe he can't, but then he's got to run past him. He's got to go past. He's, he's got to run past him where he was on the sideline and just keep running if he, can't, if he can't stop. You can't hit the quarterback. 
This is the NFL. You can't touch a quarterback. <laughs> These defenders know that. They know you can't touch a quarterback. And clearly in that situation, you just have to keep running. You got to know where you are on the field. He knew he was out of bounds because he hit him out of bounds. If he's going, if, if, if Mahomes is crossing the out of bounds line and he's right behind him, okay, I get what you're saying. He can't stop. But Mahomes was already on the was already out of bounds when he got hit. So uh, he's just got to keep running. He can't make any contact with the quarterback because he gave them the extra 15 yards that that put them in the Super Bowl. He did. Moses Staten Island, what's up, Mo? What's up, Larry? Uh, That's not my point, but 15 yards for for what um, I don't know what the player's name is, but the, he he barely put his hands on him and. Mahomes flopped on that one. It's, if they're going to make it a penalty, maybe adjust where you could rewind it and watch it, or five yard versus fifteen yard. Because I don't know. Late hits are fifteen, so they have no discretion there. That's yeah, in the rule I know book, it's the rule, you know, but, so. but you know, end of the game, maybe you know, like last two minutes, how they have the the chat, like the the booth challenges it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can. I don't know. That's not up to me. That's not my point. But mm-hmm. I, it rubbed me the wrong way. I, I, it was definitely a flop in my eyes. But um, you know, I, I wanted to bring up. I you know, we're we're here. Everyone's a Giants fan. Not me. But I've I've been telling people since week eight, <laughs> Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they'll win it, but I think mm-hmm. they will. They're they're going to the Super Bowl. I, I watched one play where uh, they call like a, a bootleg. Jalen Hurts rolls out and. You know, on those plays, they the quarterbacks usually look for something. It's like they knew he knew uh, there was gonna be 50 yards open field. So the second he rolled out, turned his head around, he was like running for 50 yards. Mm-hmm. The Eagles team, especially on offense, when, when they're on and they usually are, they can do whatever they want. They can run the ball. They can run with their quarterback. They can throw the ball. They can screen. They can so like. They're just, and I feel like that's why their coach has been such like so obnoxious this year. He knows what he has, and I mm-hmm. feel like whether it's Kansas City or KC, who whoever they played, it's going to look like the last Super Bowl. Whether like Tampa and and KC when when the defense just destroyed Mahomes, mm-hmm. and then when Aaron Donald was wreaking havoc on on uh, Burrow last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. like that's what it's going to look like this year. I think. Let me ask you a quick question before you go, Mo. Did you think yeah. that Jalen Hurts was uh, was that the right call for him when he got hit going out of bounds, and then put them that? on the goal line at near the end when they at the end of the third quarter when he got near the they put that after that play was put it right at the goal line and then they ran it in on the second play. Uh no, I didn't think that was the right call. Okay. No, I don't. I think they they. Well, I guess because it's the quarterbacks, they're going to get extra. They do it with they do it with everybody when it's late and you're already out of bounds. Let's try to just try to protect the players. You know that's I I get the rule. I get the rule, Larry. I absolutely Mm -hmm. get the rule. My thing is like you know how like the punts, there's like a five yard penalty versus fifteen yard penalty. Yes, like you know you know Patrick Mahomes before he snapped the ball, he's like I'm going to run out, I'm going to get a player close to me, and I'm going to I'm going to hit the ground if I get touched. Like, well, I'll say this, Mo. I, I don't think run. I don't think that was his game plan because the way his ankle was hurting. Thanks for the phone call. The way his ankle was hurting, I don't think he really wanted to run today at all. That was a situation where he had to run because it was so late in the game, 
and his player, his receiver wasn't open. He was trying to wave his receiver open, and then he just, he just, you know, went out of bounds. The crazy thing is, the player, the defensive player closest to Mahomes, didn't try to hit him. It was this linebacker who came from the other side or wherever he was that ended up hitting him because he lost where he was on the field. And listen, I feel bad for him. It's a tough spot to be in. I know what the thought process is. I got to try to keep him from getting as many yards as possible to make that, that field go easy. I get it. I understand what he was trying to do. It's clear. It's just he lost sight of where he was on the field. And that ended up costing him. We'll continue with your calls on The Drive next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. $1,000 at halftime, and the grand prize final score wins a trip to Results World Bimini in the Bahamas, plus $2,000 cash. How do you get your boxes? Simple. By listening weekdays in the 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 noon, 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. hours through this Friday, February 3rd. I said through this Friday, February 3rd. For full contest details, go to ESPNNewYork.com. It's The Drive on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Just heard from my good friends over at Bet Online. This is interesting because, you know, everybody wants to know who's going to win, who's going to win. So right now, <laughs> uh, let me give you a little history. All right, so as soon as the game ended, the line opened as Kansas City minus one. Okay? Quickly moved to a pick em, then went to Philly minus one, and is now back to a pick em. The total opened at 51, went to 49.5, and is now at 50.5. And it's going to change. It's going to change over and over and over again as you get closer. What's the health of the players? What's the situation with Hurts? What's the situation with Patrick Mahomes? How is Travis Kelsey's back? Who's going to, are they going to be able to get other receivers going to be healthy again? It's just going to be over and over and over and over again, trying to make a decision and get an idea on just who's going to have the edge in winning this game. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of movement over the next couple of days. That's for sure. So, um, and, and it should be a good game because you've got two teams who are very talented. You've got two teams who uh, have great quarterback play. You've got, um, you know, two teams with really good defenses. Although, as I agree with Jay Bromley, I would say that um, clearly Philly has an edge defensively. But... Um, you know, how are they going to try to deal with Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City offense? We'll see. We'll see. Let's give you some reaction. Let's hear from Cincinnati. Uh, let's start with uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach, who uh, praises Joseph Asai. Joseph Asai, that's the young man who hit Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, says the game didn't come down to that late hit. That's hard. You know, this is emotional. We worked really hard to get here, and, um, you know, any play that people feel like is left out there, you're, you're going to take it hard. And that, that's we want guys like that, that this means a lot to. They care about it, care about their teammates. Joseph's, jo Joseph's comes to work every day, man. He loves ball. He loves being a part of this team, and uh, it didn't come down to that play. 
that is the play that led to the final margin of victory. But no, that's not the play that cost them the game. It was a couple of turnovers by this Cincinnati team. One was not Joe Burrow's fault. He had, an inter- he had two interceptions. You know, one was a, a defender stepped in front of his receiver and made a play, so it was underthrown. The second one was a tip away by a defender that was tipped in the air, and his uh, another defender from Kansas City caught it and returned it. But they didn't score on that play. But Kansas City would have scored. That ball was tipped. That interception was at the KC maybe 25. And with the way T. Higgins was rolling, he would have rolled right into the end zone. So that would have been a bigger play. So, um, you know, we're going to remember Joseph Asai's late hit, but Zach Taylor's right. That play was not indicative of uh, why they lost the game. Uh, Chris Jones had a very good game for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Zach Taylor says he was tough to stop. It's hard. You know, we, we try to slide the line to him when we can. Um, they, they do a good job with their packages. They make it really difficult. He's a great player. Um, he's an all polar player. He's a defensive MVP type of player. Um, he stepped up really big in these moments today, and, and you got to give credit to him. He's We got a lot of respect for him, um, and he made some big plays today. No question, he did. Uh, a couple of sacks, a couple of pressures. Uh, you know, they, they did a nice job. They really did. Uh, Chris Jones, three solo tackle, two sacks, and three tackles for loss. So he was all around the football. Joe Burrow today, 26 of 41, 270 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. He also ran four times for 30 yards. Here's Zach Taylor on his starting quarterback's performance. Awesome. You know, awesome. I, I thought that he extended plays when he needed to. Um, always kept his eyes down the field looking to make a play. Made some big plays with his feet. Had a great quarterback draw. And, and just, you know, he does what he does. He gives us a chance. And, and uh, as a team, we just came up a little short. Yeah, he did. And, uh, you know, listen. There's no shame. They were right there. They just, things just didn't go their way. And so uh, Cincinnati now will not be a return person, return team to the Super Bowl. Let's hear from Joe Burrow, who said uh, Kansas City was really prepared for us this time. They did a good job. They had a good plan. They did a good job of creating one-on-one matchups up front to, to let their guys go and try to try to win. And they did a good job of it. What was the game? What, what was, what was, what was the game plan on that last drive, Joe? What were you guys trying to do? That was the plan. Uh, you know, we started out strong and then, you know, had a had a penalty or two and, you know, just weren't able to – had a big third down conversion, just weren't able to, you know, convert the, the last couple last couple plays to, you know, extend that drive. And both teams, a lot of uh, drawing and physicality on the field. Uh, how do both teams feel about each other, Joe? That's what makes football fun. You know, it's all love. And at the end of the day, they know the respect that we have for them. I know the respect that that they have for us. Uh, You know, it's it's an intense, emotional game. Things like that are going to happen. But I think that's why the game is fun. It is. And it's just a matter. And, you know, the the higher the stakes, right, the more physical and the more emotional the game is. That's why it's really tough for players to maintain that emotional balance, right, to be able to – Make the place to have that emotion because you have to play football with emotion. You you can't you can't not play it that way. Otherwise you you're gonna get hurt. So you have to play with that emotion. It's just a matter of tempering it to understand that you still have to remember your job, to remember uh, the, to do the best you can and not make mistakes. To try to minimize the mistakes. That's what really that's what really is a difference maker. Right. It's a difference maker. And so, listen, 
Kansas City, Cincinnati, there was a lot built up about Joe Burrow having uh, Patrick Mahomes' number. He had beaten them the last three times. Um, and so, you know, Kansas City had a lot to prove. And you could tell that defensively, and they t- it was talked about all during the broadcast, about how, you know, defensively Kansas City was different than they were last time. How they were more aggressive than they were last time. How they kind of played a shell defense uh, where they just wanted to, you know, try to put enough pressure but try to minimize the big plays um, with the shell defense and try to, you know, kind of zone shell different things. But, you know, it didn't work. And Cincinnati was just marched up and down the field on them. And so this time they were more aggressive and you could see that uh, there was a difference. And they put more pressure on Joe Burrow than they did last time. Yes, he had to run. He made some big plays running the football, extended some plays, got some first downs. Uh, Also, I thought Kansas City did a better job in covering the receivers. The secondary played better than they did the first time, uh, when they did earlier in the season. But then again, that's part of Chris Jones. And the adjustment that Spagnuolo made was to put his guy in a position in Chris Jones where he could have a better opportunity in pressuring Joe Burrow. And there was a stretch where they it seemed like they tackled him for loss for three, three straight plays. It was just like every time you looked, he, he couldn't – he was going down. He kept going down. But, um, you know, you, you give – you give Cincinnati credit because they fought through and they're a very good team, you know, and the offensive line has been an issue for them. They kind of figured out some things in the second half. It wasn't as, you know, it wasn't the, uh, they didn't, they protected Joe Burrow a little better in the second half than they did in the first half. Uh, So they made some adjustments there, but ultimately Kansas city finds a way to win and they have that field goal. So they move on to the Super Bowl. in the earlier game. In case you missed it, it was Philadelphia and, Listen, for San Francisco, it's it's just it's just I can't imagine being an offensive player, being uh Samuel, or being one of the playmakers, being McCaffrey, and you knowing that the way Brock Purdy has played, that you feel that you got a great opportunity here with what with the talent you have offensively. And the way your defense showed up and responded, that you would end up losing because your quarterbacks get hurt and he can't throw the football in a championship game. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.